morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Awesome, man. Great to have you guys. Thanks for being here. And just believe that God has something for you. As Michael said, um, we are starting a series today um, on our core values. And we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, We're going to be looking at one of our first core values, um, which is... um, live by faith. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Um, There's one thing that I want to say that was reminded, it's it's what I love is that when I can get lost in a time of worship and even forget that I'm about to preach. Um, and, And I love that. And I hope that that's what happens so many times when you come into this place is that you can kind of get lost in what God is doing here and forget about what's going on in the world around us. Because here's one, one of the things that I was reminded of as we were just singing and, and praying together. Um, I love the words of that song that said, I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. And I want you to I want you to just say that with me today. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to make it through. And, and it's just a great reminder that God is not going, He never has failed us for generations and for generations since the beginning of time. He hasn't failed us. And we know that He never will. And that regardless of what we're walking through in life, I think there are some times when we're chat when our faith is challenged, right? Like our faith is challenged when, when, when the crap hits the fan and life just doesn't go the way that we think it ought to go, then all of a sudden in those moments, our faith is really challenged. We've got to decide what it is that we're actually going to believe. And we, we talked a little bit about that in, uh, in the series called Believe, where we looked at some of the Old Testament battles and some of the struggles that each of, uh, of those um, situations created, and we know that we've had battles in the past, and we know that there are battles in front of us, and the question is, where is our faith right now? Like, how would you go about describing or defining your faith right now? In this, in this season of your life, what is it that you're being challenged to believe? You see, because every single day we're challenged on what we believe and we're challenged to live and walk in faith. You're like, no, I'm I'm not. Yes, you are. You get in the car every day. And I mean, we have some people in our church that just got their permit. Josh Bundy. Right? Josh, Josh out there driving. Let's see. There was somebody else who just recently. Oh, Lo, Logan, did you get your permit? No. You're too young. There was somebody else. Katrina Clark. K- Katrina Clark. Oh, heaven help us. <laughs> that wasn't meant for Katrina. Okay. Where you at? Is she in here? Okay, good. But, there, but every single day, every single day, like I can remember that time, like with Allie, it was kind of Okay. Right? Allie's my oldest. She's 24 now, um, has uh, our most beautiful grandbaby, and, um, which her name is Airely, and she's just awesome. And, 
And, uh, and I can remember uh, driving Allie over and, and, uh, and, and, and taking her to get her, get her permit, you know. And then she was like, Dad, I, I don't want to drive back to the house because I don't want to drive over the bridge. I'm like, you just got your permit. Right? You got to learn to drive. And so, so I drove back over and, and we, stopped, we stopped over here at the ABC store, not to get something to drink, <laughs> so that we could switch drivers. I guess I should have thought through that one first, all right? I probably needed something to drink in that moment. But so, so, we, so we switched drivers and she's like, okay, dad, now that we're over the bridge and out of the thing, now, now I want to drive home. So we, so we switched drivers and, and she, gets in, she gets in the driver's side and all of a sudden she, you know, she's looking, I'm looking, I'm like, where's my brake? You know, there's no accelerator, there's no brake or anything. And all of a sudden we're looking and all of a sudden I'm like looking and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, and we take off. And... And I could just remember that moment. She, she did great. You know, she wasn't one, the one I was worried about. <laughs> and then my son gets his permit, right? Oh, he's like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm driving, Dad. I was like, hey, do you want to be like Allie? Do you want to drive? No, nah, Dad, I'm driving. Like, boom, we get in the car and it's like, whoa, you know, he takes off. And I can remember as soon as we got home from him, this is his license. Like, he got his license. We get home. I get out of the car. He's like, Dad, I'll see you. All of a sudden, he backs the car at me before I could ever give him any instruction. He backs the car out, and he's gone, and I'm standing there going, oh, my goodness, what's about to happen? And so we all have to live in faith in some ways, right? When you get behind the car, you have to trust that the people that are coming the other direction are doing their part. If you're going to get on a plane, you have to trust that the pilot knows what he's doing, and the one thing that I struggle with is that there are people who say, man, I struggle to have faith in Jesus, but you have faith in all these other people? You know what I'm saying? And so if you're one of those people here, my encouragement to you this morning is that you could, that Jesus has never failed us. And that he has stood the test of time through generations and through generations and we can put our faith in him. Can we see him? Can we touch him? No. But you can't see and you can't touch the person in the other car either. Because if they make one wrong choice, it can be over for you. And so just understanding that every single day we have to put our faith in something or someone or something. Some of us are putting our faith in our money, that at the end of the day, it's just going to do everything that we want it to do. Guess what? You may never make it to retirement. Not that that doesn't mean that you don't save for retirement, but you can't put your faith in the things that have no eternal value. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about what it means to live by faith. Now, there are a couple things that I want you to understand this morning. I'm going to do my best to get through this, is that there's a corporate part of faith, right? Because we're talking about the core values of the church, what it is that we're building our, we build our foundation. Let me help you understand something. This is not something that we sat down and said, oh, how creatively can we come up with some core values for our church? We're like, no, this is what the Bible tells us to do. Right? It becomes our desire as a church to say, man, what is it that Jesus told us to do? And that's what we want to, that's just what we want to do. That's what we want to be about. And so every one of these core values actually come from the Bible. Go shocker, right? 
And so begin to understand that. But there's a corporate part, which means the body of Christ, the church coming together and walking in faith toward the thing that God wants for us to have. And then there's also an individual part for us as individuals to say, how are we going to live by faith? So as a church, how are we going to live by faith? As individuals, how are we going to live by faith? But the two go together. The two go together. Now, you have to figure it out how you live every single day on a day-to-day basis because I'm not living in your house. I'm not going to be standing there with you going, okay, are you living in faith right now? Oh, how about here? Are you living in faith? I'm not going to work with you. Sorry. And so it's understanding how personally that's going to play itself out in your own personal life. But it is my responsibility, it is our responsibility to say, hey, okay, God, you've given us a church, and to this point, it's a very large church, and it's growing, and it keeps growing, and it keeps growing. And so God's given us the responsibility to say, how do we take this herd of people, and how do we go in the same direction? How do we go toward the mission and the vision that God has given us? Because the vi- here, the Bible says that without vision, people perish. Which it also means uh, even a more clear uh, explanation is that, is that people cast off restraint without understanding that God has given us a mission and a vision to continue working toward. And we started two weeks ago talking about this vision to preach the word and to make disciples and to care for others. And then Ronnie did a great job last week of saying, hey, here's, our, here's five of our buckets that we're going to, to, to put ourselves in. These are the things that we care about. And they are, they are um, uh, what are they, Ronnie? Sunday morning, next generation, missions, outreach. And what's the fifth one? Discipleship. Discipleship. Yeah, go figure. Pastor Chris forgot them. (laughs) And so those are the things that we do to help move the church forward. We say, hey, these are the things we're going to put our resources into. And then these are the core values at which we begin to build our biblical foundation off of, and they are these five core values. And what we're going to see this morning, what we're going to learn through this morning is this live by faith. Everybody say live by faith. So this is bucket number one. Bucket number one for us is to live by faith. So we said, okay, how is the church, how can we be living by faith as we continue to fulfill the mission that God has given us this morning. And so our corporate response is this, is that we have to stay focused. If we're going to live by faith, we have to first, as a church, we have to stay focused on the Great Commission, not the color of the carpet, not the color of the chairs, not all those things. But how do we stay focused on the Great Commission that God has called us into preaching the Word, making disciples, and caring for people? Okay, because I believe when a church loses sight of their foundation, when the church loses sight of their foundation and they become more concerned with external things, what begins to happen is the church begins to die when it becomes about us and less about him. 
And so we have to stay focused on those things. We have to continue to move forward. The corporate part of faith is that we have to continue to move forward in unity. And it's one thing that I said a few weeks ago is that we're not all going to be on the same page theologically. We're not all going to be on the same page politically. We're not all going to like to eat the same things. But we're going to say we're going to care about things that God cares about. We're going to care about the things that matter for eternity and not the things. And just to be really honest with you guys, God doesn't care about football. Sorry, I know football season just started. I just got up in your grill a little bit. And the other thing is that God, we have to trust God's provision. We have to trust God's provision as we continue to move forward corporately. So a couple of, a couple of like housekeeping items that I just want to say to you is this, is that we are in the process of making plans now to go to three services. We're in the process of making, stop cheering for that. It's great. It's great, but it's exhausting. So we're making plans to go to three services. Um, and it looks like we're going to, if we can possibly do it, it looks like in January, we'll be going to three services so that we can uh, provide space for more people as we continue to preach the word, make disciples and care for people. And then also in the weeks to come, we'll be talking about how our faith as a church, it shapes the future. How our faith shapes the future. So as our core values are this, Crosswinds is an authentic community. Hey, how about putting that slide back up real quick? Crosswinds is a what? Authentic community. An authentic community of believers who want to strive to live by faith. To live by faith, to love our neighbors, to pray continuously, unashamedly share the gospel and give generously. Because those are biblical things that God has come to. Staff just didn't sit down and say, hey, let's figure out what we should do. No, we said, what does God want us to do? What does the Bible teach us that we want to do? And so the reality is this, is that if we need to be doing it corporately, you also need to be doing it individually, right? You can't say, well, what do I want to do? You have to say, what is it that God wants me to do? What is it that God wants from me? And faith, let's be honest, faith is probably one of the most challenging parts of our relationship with Jesus. It's one of the most challenging parts of our relationship with Jesus. Because just like I said just a few minutes ago, you can't see him, you can't touch him. The interesting part is you can't feel him. You can't feel. You can feel. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. So where do you start when you talk about faith? I go to Hebrews chapter 11. It's one of the halls of faith in Scripture. And so if you got your Bibles or it'll be on the screen, it says this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. 
By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, verse 6, highlight, if you got a highlighter. And without faith, it is, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was put, who, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and as he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seas. All these people, listen, look, look, look. All these people were still living by faith when they died. All of these people were still living by faith when they died. So here's the challenge that I want to give to you this morning. The first challenge is this. It's pretty simple. Live by faith. Live by faith. So how do we begin to live by faith? I think there's three things that we first have to understand. First, to live by faith, you have to realize that you have to surrender your will to live by faith. You have to surrender what it is that you desire. Has to, you have to surrender your dreams and your hopes to the God and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, that's what I desire. And it's not that God doesn't want to give you your dreams and your aspirations and your desires, because I believe that's the heart of God, but it has to be in alignment with his will. And one of the things that I was sitting here and I was wrestling over and like, should I really say this? And I, most of the time when I'm like, should I say it? I have to come to this place where I'm like, okay, God, do you want me to say it? I surrender my will to yours. And one of the things that I was sitting here as I was singing and praying was this, is that there may be some of you who have sit in here and you've given your life to Christ. You believe in God. You believe in who he is. You believe in what he says. You believe in the cross. But the problem is you haven't surrendered to his will. It's one thing to believe in him as God and Father. It's another thing to surrender your will to him. 
Because listen, the Bible says that even the demons believe that there is a God. I had that conversation just this past week with an individual. And I said, hey, the challenge is this, is that we're not just believing in God. And I believe this person has said yes to Jesus as far as praying some form of prayer or surrendering and saying, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. He died on the cross and all those things. And what I had to say is I understand and I believe that you believe in God, but you're not living for Jesus. You're not living for Jesus. You're not living by faith. You're not trying to do everything you can to surrender your will to his. And so my challenge to you this morning is to really sit down by yourself and ask yourself the question, have I surrendered to God's will for my life, even if it doesn't look like what I thought it should look like? The second thing is I think we have to be growing in faith. It's a constant process, right? Hopefully as your kids get in the car and they start to drive a little more, they start to get a little more confidence and they start to drive a little better. I can remember when I started with Allie, we went up to the parking lot and, and we're driving around the parking lot. And in one moment, she forgot which one was the gas and which one was the brake. And about put the car in the bushes. Now, hopefully she doesn't do that anymore at 24 years old. And so it's this growing process. And my question would be, how are you growing in your faith? How are you growing in your walk with Jesus? And one of the things that I think I said a few weeks ago is that it's not just about showing up on a Sunday morning and and hearing a good message and making yourself feel good, but it's about through the week. How are you growing in your walk with Jesus? Are you reading the Bible? Are you spending some time in prayer? And the last challenge to living by faith is this. If we're going to live by faith, listen to me, because this comes back to the hall of fame, Abraham and Moses Moses and Noah and, and all of those who lived by faith and did these incredible things. There was one common thread to them is what is that they listened to God. And my question to you this morning is, have you surrendered Are you growing? But most, even maybe so, are you listening? Because I would dare say in the majority, the majority of us in here, I I probably, if I were to ask the question, how long do you actually sit down and listen to God throughout your week? Well, listen to him while I'm driving. Okay, but you're distracted. And so how do you put yourself into a place of, of kind of solitude where you actually begin to listen? Because I would dare say it's going to be more difficult to live by faith if you're not actually taking time to listen. And so my challenge for you this morning is take 10 minutes every single day. Take 10 minutes this week and just be quiet. Turn your phone off. Don't let it ding or dong or whatever it does. Turn the radio off, find some time away from the kids. You're like, I don't have 10 minutes away from the kids. Sure you do. They go to sleep at some point. Give them some Benadryl. Just kidding. (laughs) Don't judge me. Y'all did that. Every single one of you have done it. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But take 10 minutes and just quiet your heart before the Lord. Don't talk. 
Don't even pray. Just listen and say, God, is there anything that you want me to hear in this moment? It might be in your first 10 minutes, you're like, well, I didn't hear anything. Okay, move on. But the next day or the next day or the next day, at some point, I believe that God will say something to you that you need to know. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, right? We're surrendering our will. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there's this beginning of this foundation of faith. Where, But here's the reality. I know the reality of it is some of you don't have a foundation of faith. Some of you didn't grow up in a home where faith was actually birthed into your family. Ashley and I, we grew up in homes where we didn't have a choice but to go to church. We had spiritual conversations. We were always having spiritual conversations. And one of the things that Ashley and I did was that we took from what our parents taught us and we began to do it with our kids. And we'd be building a foundation of faith within our kids. And now as our kids are getting older, we're starting to see that faith kind of rise to the surface a little bit more. And But I realize that some of you don't have that as a history. Your foundation of faith maybe has just recently started. Then my encouragement to you would be build the foundation of faith now. Be the cycle breaker that begins to break the cycle of the past and begins to help you build a foundation, the firm foundation on Christ so that as your kids get older, now they know what's really important. Because what's happening in our culture is sports has become more important. Extracurricular activities have become more important. And I really struggle with that because past parents, what are you saying to your kids when you put all this emphasis and all this money and all this energy into sports? Because to be honest with you, we did that with our son and with our kids. And to be honest with you, at this point, they're not professional athletes. And I struggle with that. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying make sure that you are building a foundation of faith in your kids. Because listen, when they get older, it's most likely that they're not going professional. And you need something for them to be able to stand on the firm foundation when they get to that point when all of a sudden the crap hits the fan and they've got to figure out what am I going to do now? Because that baseball game didn't help them all that much. I know, I made some dads mad this morning. But wouldn't you rather have your kid come and say, Dad, thanks for taking me to church. Thank you for talking to me about spiritual conversations. Thank you for talking to me about Jesus. Now, I realize that you can take them out to the baseball field and you can have spiritual conversations as well. And so I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just saying we live in a culture where sports and other things have become more important than really spiritual things. And so make sure you understand the balance and build a firm foundation of faith. The other thing I believe is that sometimes circumstances lead us to this place where we struggle with our faith in Jesus. Because I believe we become a culture Instead of seeing what God is doing, we blame God for what he's doing. 
And the reality of it is it's not his fault. And so I'm going to keep, keep moving. And the second thing is this, that we have to believe that God can do the impossible. We have to believe that God can do the impossible and he can trust his provision. Hey, Michael, you guys come on back out. We have to believe that God can do the impossible and that we can trust his provision in the impossible. Because see, this is a foundation that you have to, this is a foundation that you have to build because what God's going to ask you to do, I'm just gonna be honest with you, what God's going to ask you to do is not going to make sense on the front end. It's not gonna make sense on the front end. And so what you have to do is you actually have to trust his provision that whatever it is that he's asking you to do, whether it's financial, whether it's a step of faith, whether it's using your mouth to talk to another coworker, whatever, whether it's to move all the way across the country, whatever it may be, what you have to do if you're going to live by faith, if you have to trust that whatever's on the other side of you saying yes to Jesus is that he's already made the provision for that. And so it, that's what challenges you to believe in who he is. Because what we know to be true is that what seems impossible for us is possible for God. Last thing is this, is that we have to walk in faith. You know, it's not just believing, oh, well, I'm supposed to do this, right? You can sit there all day. I just, I, ha I had a conversation just this morning with a person and they're saying, hey, man, Pastor Chris, I've been kind of sitting on the sidelines. I said, hey, man, you're right. He's like, I want to get more involved. I want to get more connected. I'm like, you're right. Get off the bench and get in the game. Get off the bench and get in the game. What would it look like for a church to have so much faith that we're willing to jump out of what's comfortable for us into what's uncomfortable and trust God for what's next? And trust his provision through the, through the process. James 2, 14 through 17 says this, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, such, can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, listen to this, in the same way, faith by itself, if, not a, is, if it is not accompanied by action, is? He didn't say, like, on life support. He said it's dead because what God is doing in you has to somehow be fleshed out in front of you and through your life. So what are the things that are challenging your faith right now? Some of you, it's your past and the generations before you. You don't... Like me, I mean, I have gener I can go back generations to my grandparents and their grandparents, and I, I can go back and I can look at this foundation of faith that's been built into my life, and I can believe that that's kind of what got me to where I am today, but some of you don't have that, and so it becomes your responsibility to break the cycle and let that foundation of faith start with you. You have to forget the past. You have to begin to look toward the future. And some of you logical people, you have to begin to understand that at some point, 
information can only go so far and at some point you've got to make a decision you're either going to trust God or you're not and here's the reality of it listen listen to me there are some people who are hardening their hearts toward the things of God the Bible speaks about that there are people who are softening their heart toward the things of God but there are also people who are hardening their hearts toward the things of God Or, you know, we can just come and sit and go through the motions. Make ourselves feel good. Go home. Come and sing our songs. And go home where we can live by faith. You see, I think a lot of times faith wavers when we forget God's promises. And we stop trusting in Him. Now look at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 17 says this. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Talking about demons. They had seen Jesus drive out a demon. And the disciples were like, hey, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And what does he say? He says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for God of mustard seed a mustard seed and here's what I love it's not about how much faith you have it's about the kind of faith that you have And I think we've gotten that confused. I've heard it said before, well, why didn't Jesus do, I prayed for this to happen and it didn't happen. And I've heard people say, well, you didn't have enough faith. I call bull crap on that. Maybe it's in the kind of faith that you have. Now, let me help you understand something. Just because you have faith in something doesn't mean it's going to happen. (laughs) It does also doesn't mean that it can't happen. It also means that it might not happen in your timing. We've been praying for Allie to be healed from cancer. Guess what? The cancer's still there, but it's not growing. It doesn't mean that our faith has wavered. We still have faith in what God can do, what he will do, what he is doing. And regardless of what happens, we're going to give him the glory for it. That's what faith is all about. It's not how much, it's what kind of faith. So as you leave today, you're going to get a little baggie, a little dime baggie with, with something much better in it. Should I not say that? I said it, sorry. You're going to get a little bag with a kernel the mustard seed as your reminder that God can do the impossible but it's not how much but it's what kind of faith that you're going to choose to have that matters let's pray my first question is have you surrendered You're going to struggle to have faith until you surrender your will to His. 
You're going to struggle to have faith if you're not growing. If you're just going through the motions, you're going to struggle to have faith if you're not growing. You're going to struggle to have faith and walk in faith if you're not listening. And so is it surrender? Is it growing? Is it listening? Settle that with the Lord right now. God, I want to live by faith. I want to walk in faith. I want to believe that God can do the impossible. And so God, right now, I'm surrendering my will to yours. God, I'm, I'm saying to you, I want to grow in my relationship with you so that I can live by faith. God, I need to slow my life down and I need to take some time and I need to listen because I know there's something that you want to say to help me in living by faith. Would you just have that conversation with the Lord right now? If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, now's the time to surrender to Him. Say yes to Him. Do not harden your heart toward the things of God, but allow God to begin to soften your heart toward the things of Him. Faith, listen, faith is difficult, and it can be hard sometimes to believe in the things that you can't see and you can't touch, and sometimes you feel like you can't feel. But my question, my thought is, sometimes we don't open our heart to let that happen in us. And so, God, we just trust you in this moment to do what only you can do. We surrender our will to yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand up. I want you to use this as a moment to commit to the Lord, whatever it is that he may. If you want to come down front, if you've never given your life to Christ and you want to come down front and you want to say yes to Jesus, one of our prayer team members, they'll come down, they'll pray over you. If you want to say, hey, I need to grow. If you say, hey, this is my time to listen. Maybe you want to begin your listening time by this. Maybe there's just something going on that you need prayer for. We want to open this in this last song. Will you use this as a moment to solidify things with God and commit them to Him and say yes to Him? And if that means getting out of your seat, don't have fear against getting out of your seat and coming down forward and trusting the Lord.